This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Matthew, it is episode 13 of Thrive Perspectives. Can you believe it? Is it just 13, is it? It's, <laughs> it feels it feels like more than that. Well, we just recorded. Uh, we're, we're, we're living high on the hog here. Mm. Not, not financially or anything here, but we're just, we're just buoyed by the fact that we've just done Thrive Deeper episode 100. Ah, that's why it feels like we've done more. Exactly. We've <laughs> done right. one, one out of, and, and, and long-time listeners might remember, those who've been following us for years might remember that back in, I think, 2017, maybe even 2016, mm. we did the original Deeper podcast that yeah. was part of the church. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we've been doing these podcasts yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, that's it. And uh, we're, we're excited. We're, we're really excited about how the direction of everything is going with Thrive Deeper, Thrive Perspectives. I'm going to let you know more about that uh, halfway through this episode. But this week, we want to cover the world of spiritual beings. Mm. You know, we've just done, you know, if we're following, you know, the, 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 the thread here in Thrive Perspectives, we've sort of looked at, you know, the beginning of all things, the end of all things, what happens when we die. We've been looking at some of these big sort of meta mm. concepts. Yeah. And now we're sort of like looking at the whole spiritual world yeah, in a sense. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, I, I, I want to let everybody know that we have a, um, and I'll let everybody know a little bit more about this later on, we have a, 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 a group of people we call the Advance Party where we let people know uh, what we're going to be record, talking about in advance. Mm. Now, one particular, uh, you know, keen uh, listener, supporter uh, of ours is Corey in Werribee and I let him know what we're going to be talking about and he sent us, I think this is the very first time we're going to do this, an audio question mm. that that pertains to what we're going to be talking about love it okay <laughs> here we go let's have a listen hi matt and dj long time listener first time caller here with a, i've got a couple of questions um about what you're talking about i've been a christian a really long time i'm in my 40s and 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 i've never really ever come across this genesis 6 passage in the bible up until maybe a year ago and honestly it blew my mind i'm just curious as to what you guys think it's in there for why, why is it why is it important and the second question i have is um is there other other any other references of for the sons of god in the old or the new testament so we can kind of work out you know if once and for all what sons of god means in genesis 6 thanks guys so there you go thank you Corey, for yeah. the question good question i know this is very yeah. exciting we've got audio we're like the production levels are going and, through the roof right and, of course, we're going to talk about that today, so okay. that's good, yeah. Okay. Now, is there anything you want to set up? I mean, when, when, when you talk about spiritual beings, people immediately go, well, you're talking about angels, demons, God. That's about it, isn't yeah. there? That's, that's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, um, we're, we're talking about something that lies behind the Bible and, and that the Bible refers to a lot without actually a lot of explanation. This is yep. the interesting thing. It's kind of assumed Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not given a lot of explanation. So th- there is a there is a degree, and you know I always like to do this, I like to accentuate uh, or, or to point to where the mystery is first yeah. yep. uh, because it's really important that we don't create uh, black and white ideas out of things that are a little grey in, in Scripture. And, and we're, we're about <clears> to delve into an area 
where there's a world of grey, there's yeah, the, a whole universe yeah, of grey. There's out a there. whole universe of grey. Now that says something to me. Okay, mm. so so we're going to talk about the, this sort of spiritual world. Okay, so angels, demons. We're going to talk about Satan, archangels, Michael, mm. Gabriel, yep. the, the, the sons, sons of, of God. God yep, the, you yep. know all of these. Um, and as I said, there there is a lot of grey area here, and we we are not given any sense of systematic explanation really anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that that is grace says something, it's important to recognise that it means that this is not meant to be our main focus. That's a great point. It's an point. aspect of the spiritual world that we that we are made aware of, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and it's part of the way that God works, okay, yep. so we're made aware of that. But the fact that we're not given a lot of explanation actually says something about how we should and shouldn't relate to this. Mm. Okay. So mm. by, l- l- let me say by contrast, we are told a l- massive amount about who God is, yes. the character of God, yes. the purposes of God and the promises of God, right? Yep. Now that says to me mm. that that is meant to be our focus. Yeah. We should focus on that yeah. and this other stuff is in the background, okay? So this mm. is a matter of – so it's, and I think that's an important point yeah. as we get into this subject because we're not saying to people, oh, go and get right into this stuff or go start talking to angels and demons and yeah. seeking Oof. out this stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is this is something to be aware of, um, and and there's a benefit I think in being aware of the fact that there is this spiritual realm. I, yeah. I personally gain a lot from this, and and there are key passages in Scripture that encourage us. Psalm ninety one: He will command his angels concerning you to lift you up in their hands. Yep. So there's encouragement around that, mm. but we don't then rush off and. Uh, and be chasing angels. Yeah, like when it comes to when it comes to, I, 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 I like to think that as as a Christian, we stand, you know, on the Word of God, and we stand on the doctrines and the and the beliefs that we've been given and handed down, you know, type of thing. <clears throat> yeah, and we and we stand on the principles that we really know, and the and the overriding principle of all of all Scripture is is in, especially in light of the New Testament for us, yeah. is is the Lamb, is Jesus Christ. Yeah, is, that's is, right. Is it's all about His gospel and that's stuff, right. and, and that is our foundation. It's my way of expressing exactly what you just said. If you want to stand on these type of spiritual things yeah. and, and this spiritual dimension world and spend all your time talking about the relationship between yeah. angels and demons and realms and Nephilim and stuff like that, I think you're standing on a shaky foundation. Yeah, that's right. Because it's part of the scenery but we don't stand on it. So, mm. again, we know heaps about who Jesus is and yes. why he came and and you know how, how we're to follow Jesus and this sort of thing yeah. um, so that that is what we're meant to stand on yeah this other stuff is part of the background and 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 we can put some of that together and a lot of that we can do by referring to uh, I guess some of the context some of the mm-hmm. ancient context again we need to be careful yes uh, about that but that, that look that'll become clearer as we kind of work through this and I, and I do think and I think we've mentioned it in, on previous previous episodes about you know we've sort of covered or touched on some of this type of world there are certain themes or threads running through the scripture yeah and this is definitely one of the threads yeah. deep in the background deep in the background but it's a very common thread because yeah you know you do a search on angels and it is right oh. through. Uh, you know, old New Testament all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Where do you want to start? I, 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 okay. I, I, yeah, I think sure. there's a few different places we could start, but I'm gonna leave it up yeah. to you. So there are indications um, throughout the Bible uh, that um, I think 
that God is not alone in the spiritual world, that there is this heavenly counsel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, we see this and in, in, in Thrive Deeper, we've been looking at Revelation. And yep. we saw in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, mm-hmm. there is this throne room and there are these heavenly beings in the throne room. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's not, you know, that's not... That's not a fiction. That there it actually is. This is quite consistent through Scripture. In the Old Testament prophecies, yeah. we see the same characters exactly. coming up. That's right. So there are actually uh, there is this kind. There is this divine counsel. I think sometimes we think about you know God is all alone up there in, in heaven. You know maybe we think about the Trinity, um, uh, but again we shouldn't separate that because the Trinity actually is God yes. and there is community in there. So yeah. but. What I'm talking about is that apart from God, it's not like God is there alone mm. uh, in the spiritual world. I mean, yes. he is with those who have passed away and so forth. Yes. But there is this heavenly counsel. Now we get indications of this throughout, throughout scripture. the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now the he- it's important to say that it is still the our, our Christian doctrine says and what we believe is that our triune God, God yeah. the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God yeah. the Son, triune one is the original source, is the original creator. He is above all the yeah, other divine so counsel. completely different class. It's, yeah. it's a, that's a great completely way of putting different class of... of gra- they're, they're created beings as well. That's right. Okay. Yeah, but they're spiritual beings. So, yes. Um, and that's, that's very important. Now, because one of the other th- misunderstandings I think that can happen is that the way, um, you know, throughout the Old Testament, uh, there are, are references to other gods, the gods of the nations. Mm-hmm. And we can misunderstand Old Testament people as just thinking that God is the only spiritual being and and that these gods are just sort of nothing, that Mm. they actually don't exist. Yeah. Well, they're not God. Yeah. And they're not gods in the sense that God is God. Yes. But the... The scriptures actually do acknowledge a multiplicity of spiritual beings yes. that lie behind the gods of the ancient Near East, you know, the Baal and all. That. Like, so there is a sense in which these are actual spiritual entities. Yeah. That, and, and the, the problem is, you know, that the commandment is, you shall have no other God besides me. So it's like God is pr- absolutely preeminent and there is, there is no other God in that sense. Yes. Um, of being the sovereign creator and the one to whom you should pray and be accountable Amen. to. Amen. Uh, because uh, as we'll talk about a little later, these other gods are these sort of demonic beings that kind of reach for that, mm. are reaching for that level of authority. Mm. But it doesn't mean they're not real. Yes. They are actually real spiritual beings lying behind and, these And it can be a bit guises. confusing because sometimes in Scripture we'll have a man of God or, or a prophet or even an, an apostle saying, these are just pieces of wood. This is just stones. This is just nothing. And that other times you'll have, hang on, there's an actual spiritual realm behind what yeah. these what these pieces of wood, yeah, that's you know, right. wood so, are. So, you know, um, uh, Psalm 115. You know, they they cannot see. They cannot. I mean, you know, they cannot yes. do anything. They just exactly. Again, that's an expression of that idea that it's just pieces of wood. Now they actually were just pieces of wood. The idols. Yeah. And the fact is, is that they can't do anything mm. because the the spiritual beings behind them cannot actually animate them. Yeah. They cannot actually do what God did yeah. to, from the dust of the earth, create mm. human beings. Like, mm. you know, and, of course, the um, belief in the ancient world uh, is that 
the gods behind the images kind of animate those images. They breathe into the images and they would have even ceremonies where they would open the mouth of the image and the image would become imbued with sort of the spiritual Oof. power of Baal or whatever. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, so they so what is being denied in the Bible is the ability of uh, of these spiritual beings to do that. Uh, the the reality and the power of those idols. Yes. But not the fact that there exists a spiritual Great realm point. behind that. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and and above all, uh, they're told not to dabble in that stuff. Don't go near these. They're, they're, and this is, again, the point behind the stringency of the commands. Do yep. not have anything to do with these because they're not just harmless mm. pieces of wood they are very harmful mm. uh, why should they be driven out of the land why um the um the the drastic nature of the commandment to drive the people out of the land destroy mm. all of the cults and yeah. because actually there's something real going on behind this yeah now you remember the magicians of egypt were mm. able to change their staffs into snakes and there's yeah. some real demonic stuff going on there definitely 100%. and the people are told when you go into the land you know uh, do not go to sorcerers and and you mm. know don't turn to these and what's described there is outright occultism yeah yeah the whole kit and a book caboodle and 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 the, and the scary thing is is that um you know as much as we want to believe we live in a modern world and we sort of look back at those ancient people and go yeah. oh there's ancient a, a newsflash: If you weren't aware, the occult is alive and well today. It is, and yeah. it's and it's an amazing thing to see that at the end times, as we've just finished through the Book of Revelation, the 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 uh, what, what's the word? Not incredulity. You know, I don't know what the right word is, but the amazement of John when he sees the beast yeah. animate. Yeah. You know, like an animated thing. That's almost like the culmination of what what you know the the, the writers are writing against yeah. in the Old Testament, and finally Satan is animating something that you know, and we don't know exactly yeah. the dynamics of it here. But it's like there's a, there's sort of a theme here. There's yeah, a there bit of a, a theme. theme, yeah. And and so I think it's important to recognize that the the polytheistic religions, and by polytheistic is belief in many gods. Yes, is that they weren't wrong about everything. Uh, yep. Like the thing is, I mean, these were deceptive, very deceptive, insidiously deceptive religions. But deceptions are only powerful because they contain an elements of truth. Yeah, and very powerful elements of truth. So, um, so they're not because I think sometimes uh, we think that if you know if the truth is contained contained in the Bible, there can't be any truth anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's a really unfortunate unfortunate view i mean mm. even in the most insidious lies there is there are elements of truth exactly. in that so exactly. the the ancient polytheism the idea of a divine council you know you see that in in these ancient religions you know in greek religion for example there was yeah. this the, the olympians the divine council and mm. zeus kind of sitting at the top of that mm. um of course there's a there's a lot in that that's false but they're not wrong about it all yeah. there, there is a there is it's like a twisted kind of version of something that actually does exist, something that we don't know much about, something that we shouldn't be concerned about or give our full attention. Yeah, but it does appear in scripture, and and it's and it's amazing because when we see, especially in Genesis, these references to what was widely believed about the nature of the universe and the spiritual beings, yeah. or the spiritual dimension to the universe. Yeah. 
Genesis, the writers of Moses and the and the writers of Genesis, the people who put it, you know, the yeah. you know Genesis together, they were familiar with it, but they turn it upside the, on yeah, their head yeah. and on, on its head every time it comes up. Yep, that's right. And there's some great references, especially in the early parts of Genesis, yeah. which acknowledges all yeah. of this, but says. You think it's this? It's actually bad. You yeah, know, that's it's right. Actually, yeah, very good point. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's start with Psalm eighty-two. I think is a good uh, starting point. Excellent. Psalm eighty-two begins with the words, "God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods." Okay. Oof. Now uh, the the word there is Elohim, and mm-hmm. it's a word that's used of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, refers to God as Elohim, but it also refers to Gods as well. Other Elohims? Yes. The same word? Yeah. Well, El- Elohim is actually plural. Yes. Um, and oh, okay. interestingly, God is referred to as Elohim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interestingly, in that sense, God is God is the ultimate spiritual being, but God is a spiritual being in that mm. sense. Mm. But what we see here is that God presides in a great assembly of other spiritual beings. Wow. Now... As, and so, so the word Elohim is is a word of a slightly lower class. Like it's it's, ref, I mean, it's used of God, and in context, we know it's referring to the ultimate God. Yes, um, but it's also used of uh, spiritual beings of a lower order. Okay, and so here we have this reference to um, these spiritual beings, and often it's translated actually as spiritual beings. Okay. So Elohim just means, you know, those entities that live in the spiritual right. realm. Yeah, that's you know, right. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's a very general kind of term. And so here we have this idea of God presiding in a heavenly council. Now, interestingly, in Job, um, uh, Job chapter 38 makes this reference to um, other... Uh, let me just find it here. Job 38. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you understand who determines its measurements, so forth, so forth. Um, now this is the, God. This is the God speaking. This is the God speaking. Yeah. When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Yeah. Okay. So this is another way of referring to these spiritual beings as sons of God, of the ultimate spiritual being. Yeah. So that's another way. Um, so sons of God uh, is... I guess, uh, an alternate expression. We're going to see this come up a little bit here. Now, the interesting thing to note here is that these sons of God or these spiritual beings Mm. are there at the creation already. Exactly. So, because again, sometimes we we think about there's God alone and he's lonely and he's creating the world. No, no. no, Actually, what we have here in Job is an expression of the fact that God creates and the heavenly courts are rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. So, God at, has company at, already at, there at some point, and I, and I and I've I've been yeah I've 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 had some interesting experiences with debates about when this when the heavenly realm or when the you know when the spiritual dimension was created. Some yeah. people believe it has to be within the literal six days of you know at yeah. some point yeah. there is God creating that. Well, I'm like ah, you know I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know how many years it happened, but the most interesting thing that I've ever, I, I, in my in my mind, and you know, I've come to the conclusion that at some point before the creation of the world that we read about in Genesis, and you can interpret that, mm. you know, in any way. We've already covered all of that. God has created 
you know, a heavenly court. Yeah. You know, in the uh, beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and in that heavens is this crowd of people. Now, the most interesting take that I had from a very wise old wise old Christian one time was was listen, he hadn't created time at that place at that point. At the beginning is the beginning of time. So again, again, you're Matt, Matt's like, oh, whatever. But uh, the, no, no, there's something to that. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. like they hadn't, he hadn't fully created time. So this heavenly beings, this heaven full of entities, spent eternal. Like you know, there's there's a timelessness that they have spent with God before the creation. Blah blah blah. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly, exactly. They're not. They're not, not eternal, eternal in that no, sense. They're That's not right. eternal, but. But then our minds start rattling and go, well, how long? How how long did they exist with God? Well, they existed with Him without time. Da-da. Anyway, that's a whole run of the rabbit trail. Yeah, there. I don't think they're. Yeah, I, I think it'd be pushing it to say they're atemporal. It's and because they're certainly created beings. Yes. Okay? Yes. Which is the the idea of sons of God, mm. and, and you know, remember, Jesus is the Son of God yes. in a completely different sense. Okay. Yeah. So, and this so, is where language lets us down a little bit. Yeah, and of course. Our language is limited. Okay? Yeah. So um, it, it's important to recognize that Jesus Christ is not just another spiritual being that became flesh. Yeah. Uh, he is God, the God. Yeah. He is Yahweh God come uh, become flesh yeah. to dwell amongst us. So he is uncreated. He mm. is begotten but not made. So yes. he's uh, sort of eternally part of the Godhead. As it were, but so, there's a thread here that with Jesus that I I mean I don't know we haven't really <laughs> I'm sort of revealing the back behind the curtain here about this podcast episode we haven't really talked about where we want to end up here but I really do believe that Jesus the man yeah as in when Jesus entered our entered our dimension as a human being yeah uh, born through Mary. I believe that that is the culmination of a lot of the spiritual battle that is going on behind the scenes of course, of, yeah, yeah. in the spiritual yeah. realm. Yeah, that's right. So there, there certainly is, uh, there are certainly allusions to some spiritual struggle in a spiritual realm. Yes. Now, again, we don't know a lot about the battle, and it, it, what we see a bigger, we get to look through a bigger window in the Book of Revelation, mm. and what we see there is that Jesus wins. Yes. He he. You know, it's the decisive stroke yes. uh, comes with Christ in the end. So, um, yeah, so that's important to, to recognise, uh, I think, the uniqueness of Christ yes. uh, in all of that. Now, es- especially if you go, if we're going to be, and the reason why you're saying that, just to remind everybody, yeah. where you, we, we might be using a phrase every now and then about the sons of God, meaning that these this heavenly realm yep. includes creations by the God, and they're in a class of this yeah. Elohim or spiritual yeah. and, being. That's right. And in some cases, they are even incarnate in some sense. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the angel of the Lord as well. And the angel of the Lord seems to be a slightly different uh, figure because the angel of the Lord is identified with God himself. Mm-hmm. And some people. Uh, see these like Jacob wrestles the angel and and he's wrestling with God mm. in that sense and so some people see that as kind of a pre-incarnate Christ. Um, uh, look, I mean that may be the case, but I think you know God can incarnate Himself however and whenever He wants. Exactly. There's still something very unique about Christ the Son yes. in the way that He's spoken about. Let's go back to the Heavenly Council because I think this may be for a lot of people a, a new idea to them. Now, it's actually this is relatively un, 
controversial and and I've you know looked this up in um, in some commentaries and uh, you know this is this th- th- this is we're not going out on a limb no, here not um, look there there are plenty of people who have gone out on a limb with this and yeah. so we're going to try and stay in in the in the middle here we also get a um, an indication of this heavenly counsel in in this very famous part of Job uh, mm. Job chapter one. And in Thrive Deeper, we're about to move into the book of Job. Cannot wait. Uh, so that'll be good to move into that. Mm. Now it says here, now there, now there was a day when the Son of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them, okay? So the we sons have, of God So the come. sons of God come and present themselves before the Lord. This is the heavenly council. Mm. And Satan, the Satan, the accuser, mm-hmm. um, the, the uh, you know, comes with them. Now th- there's some, uh, we'll probably get to this a little later, uh, who knows how far we'll get today, but yeah. um, there's some debate around is this actually Satan as in the serpent of Genesis 1 or is this the devil um, or is this... Or are they just the a, same thing? Or, or um, is this just another spiritual being, an angel, whose job it is to act as a kind of a prosecutor? Yep. Um, now, I, I'm not a fan of that view. I, no. I think... Um, the way that he addresses God and, and the whole dynamic here, mm. uh, I think this is Satan. And, and um, there's a book that uh, – actually a series of books by Michael Heiser yeah. um, that I, I've been reading. Uh, Michael Heiser wrote a book called The Unseen Realm. Yes. Uh, he's written a book on angels and demons. It's really interesting stuff. Mm. He's, he's specialised in this kind of field of study. Yep. And um, – interesting reading the reviews he, he he gives a lot of really great infor- information some of his stuff goes out in a limb now heiser sees this not as satan really uh, yeah he sees this as just a, a kind of a prosecutor angel mm. doing his job here in the heavenly realm well look i mean the commentaries are, are, are a little split on on this actually yes. it was interesting looking this up and um anyway let's not get too much into this yeah i, I but, think but, but that's a but that's a great point to say how grey this world is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, we know that it's there, we know how it's functioning, but we don't know exactly what what you know what entity is playing what yeah, role. Yeah, that's right. So um so we seem to so we have this divine council. We see this also in um uh one Kings twenty two, which is a story of uh Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Yes. And they anyway, the context is they call a prophet and that the prophet is speaking against the false prophets. And it says this in 1 Kings 22, 19. Uh, Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him to his right and on his left. Yeah. And what is this? This is the divine counsel. I love it. Right? Um, and the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this, another suggested that. Now this is really interesting, yeah. because here we get an insight into how the, that that this heavenly council actually has a role mm. in in a kind of decision. Like God is involving His creatures mm. in in His decision making. Now we know that this is true of human beings because God calls us to pray and to seek His face and to um, 
adv- advocate for other people and to intercede. And this is actually our role in this heavenly council in a sense. Yeah. So, But what we see here is that these spiritual beings also have some kind of role in this heavenly council Wow. according to this vision. So one suggested this, another suggested that. Finally, a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord. I will entice him by what means the Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets. Now, this is interesting because this seems to be an evil spirit of some kind. Yeah. And we know that this is possible, that God uses evil spirits because in uh, 1 Samuel, it talks about an evil spirit from the Lord mm. tormenting Saul. Mm. If, if and we you get remember a, that. Yeah, and we get a similar theme, you know, almost the same language with the Apostle Paul. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then we get not really similar language, but we get a, a, the similar idea in the book of Revelation is the culmination of yep. this entirely. And, uh, and that's the, the amazing thing there is that these demonic beings are being allowed to go and do things. Yeah, almost commanded. Yeah, and, and of course they're, you know, they're doing that for the wrong reason, for the, yeah. you know, whatever the reasons whatever are. The reasons are. Yeah. But God is allowing certain things to happen. Now, I think this is what is happening in Job chapter 1 as well, wow. where Satan is being allowed to do something, but he's having to come, you know, he's part of this heavenly council. Mm. Um, and, and again, we need to watch what we do with our imaginations here because we're considering, you know, we're, I think, you know, we see sitting around in a... Yeah. I think probably we've got to think non-spatially here in yeah. some sense. If, yeah. And, of course, we can't think non-spatially. No, so no, this no, is no. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where we get into trouble. Yeah. But what we see here in 1 Kings 22 is this evil spirit, just mm. like it says, an evil spirit from the Lord tormented Saul in 1 Samuel. Mm. Uh, we see this evil spirit be, being a deceiving spirit mm. in the mouths of the prophets to deceive Ahab. Okay? Wow. And, and God is allowing this to happen. Because it's part of his plan. Uh, because it's part of his plan. This is the same thing that we see in Revelation is God releasing these spirits to do certain things that mm. ultimately serve his will. And one of the things I've said there is that, you know, I think as, as Christians we get we can get caught up in, oh, you know, I'm under attack, you know, as though this isn't under God's control. That's a great and, point. You know, and, and so, yes, there is a sense in which from an earthly point of view we are under attack. Mm. But as I said in an episode, I think of Thrive Deeper, uh, from a heavenly point of view, we're not under attack, we're under repair. And God is using these demonic spirits to actually expose things and bring evil to the surface and, and that's so forth. the testimony of the Apostle Paul Yeah, bring, is exactly that, what he says about the spirit that was buffeting him from the Lord. And it is, you know, that is what drove him closer yeah, to God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, if we can only have that attitude. Yeah. So... Um, so it talks about these spiritual beings, as I've said. It talks them about them as Elohim. Yeah, they are they are gods, and but that's not advocating polytheism. There is yeah. only one ultimate god. So why do, why do we even use the word they are gods? Because it's the same word. Elohim yeah. is the, is the same word that's used of to describe God as god, it is to describe godlike these, or yeah, it's um, or just in that spiritual dimension. Yeah, it's their spiritual beings. And okay. I think the translators, those who trans, the, a lot of English translations use the term spiritual beings yep. when Elohim is used okay. of creatures that are not God. Okay. So but they would also use sometimes the sons of God. Yeah, that's right. They also use that. So, for example, let me give you an example. Deuteronomy 32, verse 17 says, They, the Israelites, sacrificed to demons, and the Hebrew word there is shadim, mm. um, not God, uh, Eloah, which El is another word that's used of God, 
to gods, Elohim, whom they had not known. Now, it says in Deuteronomy 4, the Lord is God, besides him there is no other. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that there, does, there exists no other spiritual beings yes. apart yes. from God. It means that God is, a, he is in a completely different category that belongs only to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is, you know, the ultimate sovereign creator of all things. Yeah. Eternal. Yep. Infinite, eternal in all of his being and attributes. Yeah, uh, as as one of them. And and all of and everything we're talking about is a creation of That's this right, God. Yeah. All right, now listen. We haven't even gotten into angels. You just mentioned <laughs> demons. We've got a long way to go here. But I'm looking at the time. Let's just take a quick break. Let's say have a little. You know, think of all the questions you've got. I reckon this might be a two parter of an episode because I think Phil, we're not it even scratching. We're not even scratching <laughs> the surface here, buddy. All right, let's have a quick break, and we'll be back with more about spiritual beings here on Thrive Perspectives. Hey family, it's DJ here and uh, sorry to interrupt yet another scintillating conversation as part of Thrive Perspectives. I want to point you to one thing t- uh, this week. I want to point you to one thing. We have uh, at great expense redeveloped the entire thrivetoday.tv website. Thrivetoday.tv has been totally refreshed and dare I say it, it looks absolutely fantastic. It's had a reskin and a reshuffle of how we've done everything. It's a really great resource now to be able to listen to all the podcasts right there on the website. You can subscribe in whatever app you want to. You've got all the information, but here's the most exciting part that I'm really thrilled with is that now as part of the thrivetoday.tv website and as you are part of our community and people who love what we do on the podcast and everything we're trying to do in our ministry, you now can step in and support what we're doing financially. Uh, you can do that. We've got a monthly way to do that. You decide how much you want to do a month and you, you're now committing yourself to a monthly partnership with us. It's so simple to do and it can be as little as you want and every little bit counts because everything that we're doing here, setting whether it's setting up the studio and buying physical products, whether it's creating this digital space for us online or even getting it produced and getting everything out there, it all costs money and we love doing it we really feel a calling of the lord here to do what we're doing it and i know how many people are you know enjoying it so please if it really means a lot to you and you enjoy what we do have have a think have a pray about it go over there and support what we're doing you can find all the information out there on thrivetoday.tv we've got some really interesting plans on what we're going to be doing when with people who are supporting us we've got some little added bonuses and stuff that we want to do with everybody and our supporters so uh you know keep watching that space and we're going to tell you more about it as we go along but right now i want you to head over to thrivetoday.tv and check it all out all right let's go back to that spiritual dimension now into that heavenly realm with Matthew as we get back into Thrive Perspectives.
It's DJ here and Matthew, you're listening to Thrive Perspectives. It's our 13th episode Unlucky for some, Matthew. I don't know. I don't know about that, but we're heading into we're heading into a spiritual realm on this one. Like this dimension that sits on top of our dimension that is a spiritual dimension. And uh, Matt, we've we've barely even scraped the surface of this. Yeah, but it's. I, I think there's not a lot of awareness about this aspect to scripture. You know, there yep. is this worldview uh, that is um, validated in throughout the Bible that yep. there is this spiritual realm. And that there are these heaven, these heavenly beings, and when I say heavenly, spiritual beings. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the word heavenly just simply refers to this yeah, alternate so dimension, that's or whatever right, you want to call dimension. it. Yeah. So Paul in Ephesians six talks about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He just yeah. means in the spiritual realm. Now, the, can, I, can I mention another reason why I think it's so important? Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Right. I, I think the another reason why we're, we're bringing this up, and we heard that in that original, um, you know, uh, audio message from our friend Corey there, yeah. who's, who's a listener. Like he said, I've been a Christian all my life yeah, and I've never sort of come across this yeah. this thing. And what happens is I think for a lot of young people growing up in the church or growing up as a Christian or growing up whose parents are Christian, this type of issue doesn't get talked about. And then all of a sudden they're presented by a spiritual realm and it might be from a new age perspective. It might yeah. be from an yeah. alternative faith method. It might be from a totally different religions method. Yeah. Comes along and says, hey, there's a spiritual realm. And it start and things start to click, and people go, "Oh, I'm really scared of this," and they run away instead of being grounded on our faith and being able to say, "Well, actually, the Word of God speaks to that." Yeah. And let me tell you yeah. what the Christians that's believe. That's right. About it does. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's another reason why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I guess what the ground work that we've done so far in the little bit that we've done <laughs> yeah. in this episode <laughs> is to. Um, just point to this idea that there are these uh, heaven, these spiritual beings that yes. are uh, that exist, that are part of this uh, council of God, as it were. They're created by God. Now, the, the there is this strict prohibition against treating them as God. This is very important because there is this um, there are evil versions of these yes. rebellious spiritual beings yes. who have um, reached to try to be God to people. Yeah. Okay, so they, that, that's the nature of their rebellion. Mm. And again and again we get these strict prohibitions. Mm. Do not worship these spiritual beings, these Elohim. Do not worship other gods. So Deuteronomy 5, you shall have no other gods before me. Mm. Now this isn't saying that there does not exist any other Elohim, any other spiritual being. Yeah. The point is that they are not God. Yeah. They're not the ultimate God. They yeah. are spiritual beings, and they're, and they're either they're either and so they could they could uh, pass themselves off maybe yes. as God. Yeah, well, especially especially to us as human yeah, beings. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and we see that in a, in a, in a slight way. Well, not in a slight way. We see that in a drastic way uh, in in the Book of Revelation again with the yep. Apostle John falling at the feet of an angel. Yeah. Uh, uh, who is Good in the point. heavenly realm? Who is a created being in that spiritual realm? Uh, you know, he is he is working with John, and the angel says, "No, man, don't worship yeah. me. Only worship God. I am a fellow worker with you." That's right, and and, and it really it 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 both elevates us as Christians yeah. in what our role is by the angel saying that. Yeah. But it also sort of brings the angel down a little bit to say, hey, God has, God has got these created beings who are serving him, whether yeah. they're in that spiritual realm or yeah. whether in this physical realm. Yeah, that's right. And so there's a sense in which uh, 
um, so you have this angel saying, don't worship me, but there are other rebellious angels who are saying, no, do worship me. Yes, exactly. And that, exactly. that becomes the problem. So um, Exodus 15 uh, verse 11 says, who is like you, O Lord, mm. among the gods, among the Elohim? Mm. Uh, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Mm. So the idea here again is that there are other spiritual beings, but they are in no way like God. They're a completely different category. Yeah. And this is because the background is because people have, or these rebellious spiritual beings, have seduced human beings yes. into worshipping them. Yeah. yeah. And and they've really in bondage to those spiritual beings, which these rebellious spiritual beings, we would refer to them as demonic beings yeah because they are fallen enticing people yeah. into worshiping them and and eventually that sets up this kind of uh, a kind of spiritual bondage there yeah but the point is is that not that they don't exist yes but they're not god and yeah. yet they claim uh, to be like god mm. so mm. and that was a really and again to us today with our modern ears mm. or even someone growing up in the church we might look at that and go that's a really foreign concept but for the audience mm. of the of the ancient of the ancient jews yeah. they were like well of course that's the way that the universe is it set up it made total sense to them so that when yeah. they looked around them and saw the idols and the cults and and they oh yeah 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 we get that yeah. these these are these these um, spiritual beings who are uh, calling and enticing people into worship yeah. this is why it was so dire for these yeah. people to worship these idols because they actually were being drawn into full on spiritual bondage and so you have again and again these injunctions not to worship them and that they are nothing beside God yeah. And you get and you get that vernacular in the you know in the Old Testament books about the kings and you know how the you know the the Jews and the and the Israelites were going out there and dealing with other nations. Yep. These other nations were openly saying, "Well, listen, our God yep. says this. Yeah. Your Jewish, you know, your yep. God, you know." And then to the point where some of these other kings, yep. like Nebuch the most famous one, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar says. Well, your God is the God. Yeah, you know he comes to that conclusion, yeah, right. and it's a, it's an because they were aware of these spiritual beings, you know, being their masters yeah. in the other kingdoms that's that were right. around there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So again, just a couple of other scriptures that that refer to this, and I and, and we're just happy to pause on this because yeah. again, this might be um, uh, something that people haven't heard a lot about. So Deuteronomy chapter three verse twenty four: For what God. And the word there is L. Yeah. Uh, is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Yeah. Uh, Psalm ninety-seven. For you, Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Wow. Okay. So again, there are these spiritual beings, but God is exalted. And is far, that is that word that them. that word that Elohim yes, word again? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Psalm twenty-nine. Ascribe to the Lord. And, and this is, it's translated, you heavenly beings. And the word there is elim, so el, the word el again is used wow. there, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Mm -hmm. So it's calling on them to recognize that God is God. Wow. Um, so there seems to be some kind of hierarchy even, and, and we get a sense that there is some kind of hierarchy Definitely. within this spiritual realm. Yes. So um, the, uh, the sons of God, let's get back to the sons of God. Mm. Uh, these Bene Elohim, they seem to be 
this phrase seems to identify divine beings who are of a kind of higher level of responsibility. Yes. Um, and then the term angel, uh, malak in Hebrew, seems to describe an important but lesser kind of task or a lesser role Definitely. for these uh, spiritual beings. So there seems to be, uh, you get this sense that you've got Yahweh as God at the top. Mm. No one is like him, completely different category. But mm. then of, of what he has created in the spiritual realm, you get his family or his household, sons of God, and next seems to be, seem to be next in the hierarchy. Um, this, by the way, is from Heiser. Uh, from uh, Michael Heiser, yeah, and I think he's got. I think he makes a good point here. Yes, uh, about the hierarchy, and then the lowest level is seems to be reserved for Elohim messengers, and they are referred sometimes to as still as Elohim, yep. but most often as Malachim, yep. uh, these angels. So um, let's talk about and, we, and again, it's a mysterious thing because we see it play out a little bit in 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 Revelation. Again, we, we're referring yep. back to Revelation because we've just, you know, finishing that on Thrive Deeper. But yep. even John talks about, you know, in God, you know, there's, yep. the, you know, in the throne Around room the of throne. God, yep. there's this, you know, unique the four creatures that blow his mind. Then there's this other level here, and then there's other angels, and then there are some more powerful angels, some bigger angels, yep. some smaller angels, some mess. Like it's a, there's a whole myriad of <laughs> right, levels yeah. and everything. You see that play out in the Book of Revelation, yeah. and you can't be you can't be sort of scientific about that, no, and, and, and no, because we don't know. We just know that there is some kind of yep. hierarchy. And Jesus says at some point uh, about is is it the uh, is he talking about little children when he says, you know, don't mess with these? This is my summary yeah. because their angels see yes. the face of God. Yeah, he yeah. seems to be referring to the fact that theirs is a higher level yes. of angel in some sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're protected we can have a look by at God. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, further on, so um, uh, w- let's have a look at uh, um, Genesis chapter six. Actually, before I do that, just a few terms uh, that are used. It speaks of spirits. Uh, ruah in in Hebrew. There's some. Uh, these are different words referring to these beings, yes. heavenly ones. Sometimes uh, samayim in in Hebrew. Sometimes stars. When it refers to stars, it's actually referring yeah. to spiritual beings. That's and and again to us with a a scientific method over our over our education, we sort of scratch our heads and go, hang on, that's just what are you talking about? But again, for the ancient yeah. mind who looked at the stars as a portal into the heavenly realm, the idea that the stars were... You know, in in the ancient world, sometimes well, the Bible doesn't see doesn't see no. them as as beings. No, but the the word it's just the words yeah. star often um, because it's in the language of the time. Yes, so sometimes stars can refer to is a way of. Ref- I mean, um, yeah. So uh, another uh, holy ones is another word that refers to them. Yes. Um, uh, so. In um, let me go to Genesis chapter six. Here says this, yeah. and, and so we're talking now about the sons of God, this higher level yeah. uh, of spiritual beings. It says here, when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, "My my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh; his days shall be one hundred and twenty years." 
Verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came to the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Now, what is going on here? And it seems that the text is speaking to a context where it's as though the people who read this already knew what this was talking about. Again, that's and that's the thing that that we you know, we miss out. And even the English translations that we read, I don't think carry and I'm no translation expert mm. or anything like that, but there's you know, these early parts of Genesis, as we've gone through the book of Genesis and we've already talked about it, but these early parts of Genesis are setting up patterns and yep. themes that will carry on through. And there are words and phrases used in this first few verses of chapter 6 that are definitely meant for us to think back to what we've already yep. read yep. in the first few chapters. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a, there's something going on here. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, look, there's some debate around uh, what this uh, what this actually means, but I think I think that the evidence uh, really leans very much towards sons of God being in the sense that these are spiritual beings. Yes. Who and what's going on here who have relations with women human women. Human women and create these kind of hybrids hi- hybrid creatures known as the Nephilim. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just left there and we yeah. don't really know uh, a lot about these. Now, a um, little bit of a shout out to the Bible project here. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Now, uh, maybe you can say something about because they do a bit uh, yeah, look, we'll, on this, don't we'll, they? Look, we'll put a link in the show notes here. If you want to go a little bit more in depth, and we'll already put a link to the show notes to 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 Michael uh, Heiser's yep, work. Michael Heiser, yeah. Heiser. I can never remember his last name properly. Michael Heiser's work. Uh, Michael Heiser... Um, and again, like like you and I both say, I think he's a really orthodox guy when it comes yep. to the fundamentals of the faith. He goes out there on some branches, though. He yeah. really does go out there on a limb on some things. But I think that's part of his ministry of what he does and what I followed him. Yeah. Well, I read a I read a gospel coalition. Often the reviews on the gospel coalition are, are actually quite good. I mean, the gospel yeah. coalition are, are you know a conservative group. But when I'm looking for reviews, I I like. <laughs> I like going to <laughs> like a, a conservative, conservative review. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, I like a conservative review because it, 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 and and I'm. I mean, they really validated the work that he's done, but they yeah. do, do say he just goes out there a bit on some on some things. And I would be, but he, there's value in it. Exactly, there's there's definitely value in what he does. And if you, I, I would put it this way: if this is a if this is a topic that really concerns you or troubles you or you've got people in your life that are really obsessed about this topic, Michael's work might be something that would be really of value to you, yeah. at least as a base to be yeah. able to springboard from. Yeah. But the, but it's funny. the it's bi- quite dense, may I say. Oh. <laughs> His work is actually quite dense. So yeah, and, he's, and he puts out so much content when it's videos, social media on YouTube, uh, lectures. Uh, him and his son are constantly doing live videos and across everything. They are really out there reaching a whole other generation of people. Now... The other team that we really love over in, uh, you know, um, Portland, Oregon is uh, the Bible Project team. And, uh, you know, we've often referenced their work and and it's really, really valuable, great stuff that they're doing. Um, And a couple of years ago now, they started on their podcast and then on their videos on their YouTube, they did a series on on the spiritual realm Mm. on on, on this topic. And it's so funny that when they started going, uh, you know, down this pathway – 
Who did they call in onto the podcast to help them with? Michael Hyde. <laughs> they said, we need help. We're going too deep here. And and it's a, I, I love their approach, uh, the Bible Project's approach, because they, especially I think a little bit more on the podcast, the videos can seem a bit more, uh, sometimes people watching a video and the way that they present it, it seems to be a little bit more black and white. Mm. But at least on the podcast, they're being a little bit more honest and saying, yeah. this is a mystery. Yeah. We have no idea. And I love the approach of both of them because they both basically say, this is a this is a subject and this is a chapter of the Bible or passage of the Bible, yeah. especially Genesis 6, that we've tried to avoid because <laughs> it's just too weird. This yeah. is really weird, man. And we don't like weird in our, mm. you know. But they they bring out some great stuff out, yeah. of, out of these passages. So... We're going to have links to all of that in the show notes on the website. Yeah. You'll find it all there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, one of the interesting points that they make is that they align this with the claims of a lot of ancient kings mm. to be demigods. That, that, mm. that some, well, demigods, like kind of half man, half god kind yeah. of. And, and Well, the Greek mythology that we know. Yeah, a lot of Greek well, mythology. Yeah. And, and, and this may suggest that there is some element of truth. Now, look, some listeners are going to go, oh, yeah, out in the yeah. stratosphere here. This is, yeah. uh, but yet there seems to be some, uh, there seems to be some validation yeah. for that possibility at least here. And, and so perhaps the Nephilim uh, are linked with the creation of these kind of evil godless empires yes. perhaps. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some, there's something going for that. So back to Corey's question. Yeah, uh, from the very yeah. beginning. The answer to most of what he asked is, I don't know, <laughs> just to be uh, – uh, and no one really knows. Yeah. But there yeah. is some good uh, – there's some good material out there well, something, uh, that some, goes into this. Yeah, oh, there's something and – and I'll throw this out there, Matt, and we're, we're fast running out of episodes, so there's definitely going to be yeah, spiritual part beings. Two, yeah. Part two. Okay, in two weeks, okay. so I, I'm glad there is actually because I'd like to do a bit more research still. <laughs> I, I've read so much stuff and, and I, it's a deep pond. It's a deep, it is a deep well. So here's, here's I want to set this up, and and I, and I might, I, I probably should do some more research. But in the in the years of reading this, and I remember first coming across this passage when I was at Bible college, and uh, it blew my little head, you know, blew my little brain out of my head back then. Um, and I w- went down a bit of a rabbit hole, and what I found, and I think it's a fairly orthodox view that I think a lot of people would come come away with a similar thing is that we see some sort of spiritual battle going on between the the heavenly realm, the created beings that are following God and the created beings that have fallen away from God and and are following the rebellion. Mm. Let's just say the rebellion and the rebellious one, you know, whether we call that Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call that. Um, And there seems to be, and it's not an equal battle. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to ever portray that like, you know, people love to say, oh, it's God versus devil. No, no, it's nothing like that. But there seems to have been a plan right from the very beginning that God doesn't just allude to. He says right at the beginning of the fall of Adam and Eve, yep. Adam and Eve are being deceived by the rebellious one to reach to a godlike status from by, yep. by the sin of the apple. Yep. Not the apple, by the fruit, you know, yep. by the fruit. God says we don't want them to be like us in you know in yeah. this way. So they're going to we're going to you know push them out of the garden, and then we see in very similar sort of words the way that the way that Adam and Eve were deceived about the piece of fruit, the sons of God, these creatures in Genesis yeah. six, take the yeah. women just like the woman took the fruits. Yeah. 
to to co-mingle and create some other yeah. entity this being this spiritual earthly being hybrid yeah. that Adam and Eve were like that's were being right. tempted yeah. to be yeah so they're creating it and God says no no that's not the plan gone yeah that's right you know and um and then finally the weirdest of all the weird things that we don't find weird because we just believe it God says no here's the plan I through my son will co-mingle yeah. with a human being Amazing. and yep. be born and this is the God flesh thing Yeah. and it's me and that is the plan so I can yeah, it's great. take. Yep. So there seems to be a theme that I see starting is, right yeah, at the beginning yep. going through and, and this Nephilim thing is a bit, oh, a bit weird but I see it as part of the picture here and, in fact, I, I believe that we see, you know, at least allusion. I think Peter alludes to the fact mm. that there's a spiritual jail yeah. for demons yeah. that walk that really went too far. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I believe that this is yeah. part of that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you. I think you're on the right track there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, Heiser refers to this as the second um, spiritual rebellion. Yeah. Uh, he sees Genesis chapter three as the first. Yes. Um, and and this being the second. So this is their second big. Uh, Kind of reach to try to take control of the world, you know. Yeah. The sec and and again, because we remember the flood follows. Yeah, the, it's the flood that follows this. And yeah, and uh, and I think and again, again, depending on the translation you read. And again, I'm not a translation mm. person. I'm not a language person at all. And this is where I've really benefited from Michael's work yeah. and from other people like that and the and the Bible Project team. Yeah. Bringing out the language of of there's a pattern of language yeah. in Genesis, and yep. this Genesis six uses a similar pattern for some of those other things yeah. as well. So, I, 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 that's that's why I've come to yeah. the place that I'm in with this. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, it's and because it's interesting in in Genesis chapter three that Eve isn't really surprised that there is a being yeah. there that's talking to her. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't say, whoa, whoa yeah. what is going on here? I mean, of course, the text is very condensed. and Yes. Um, but certainly it, there's there's no sense of surprise there. And, and it may well be, and, and there's reason to think that, um, and we'll get into this next week, I think, yeah. um, that the serpent, because it's related to the word seraph, the word seraph, you yeah. know, Isaiah in chapter 6, you know, saw seraph, seraphim. Yes. Um, and that's related to the word serpent, snake. Wow. Uh, so it, it may be that this was, a, and in I think it's Ezekiel 38, mm. uh, we'll go into that as well, which talks about the guardian cherub, um, or is it Isaiah 13, Um Next week we yeah, shall. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. know for sure. Uh, talks know, about the guardian cherub, and so that it may yeah. well be that uh, that's that the serpent was the guardian cherub yeah. who wants to tempt, in a sense, get Adam and Eve to join the rebellion. Yeah, because yeah. and and uh, you know there's something about that as a kind of cunning tactic because remember human beings were given authority over the earth, mm. and so. If I can get them to join yes. the rebellion, then we can kind of hide under their authority, as yep. it were, or, yep. or or get them to give us their authority so that yep. we can exist on earth without being destroyed because God empowered them and in a sense um, allows their decrees or their choices to have um, it's a binding effect yeah. on the earth. It's it's a it's basically zooming out and giving you a yeah. bigger picture about I think the words that will come to, come through is authority, but there is 
you know, and we'll probably go into this a little bit more next week because we're running out of time. But there is a big concern about, and some of the, uh, you know, and I'll bring this up this time. There is a world of conspiracy theories, and this is what Michael mm. does really well, is he talks to that without talking down to them. But it's very hard for some of us because I, I, I literally see daily people on Instagram who are, you know, um, from all over the world looking at what is happening in the world today. And, you know, some people would call them conspiracy theorists, but some of them are moving closer to God because they're questioning the reality that they're seeing. And and Genesis 6 answers a lot of questions yeah. for them for some reason. They're going, oh, hang on. There's, you know, some sort of r- demonic race of people or some blended, you know, you might hear, I'll go right there out there on a limb. There's people out there that go, oh, there's lizard people, right? Now, you, Matt, Matt, straight away, Matt's face is like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> On this now, the thing is, now the thing is, people who say that there's lizard people, no one actually believes, and if they do, there might be, you know, two or three. But the people who, the conspiracy theorists who talk about lizard people, some of them, that's a shorthand for saying the Nephilim, right? It's not that they're lizards. It's like, no, 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 this is a hybrid of human beings that don't have the same attitude that we have. Mm. They're not godly creatures. They're actually wired to be part of this, think of lizard, think of snake, this evil Mm. bent of person. So some people, I've even heard of people saying, we're trying to get our blood tested to see if we have some sort of blood that can be traced back to the Nephilim. You know, type of thing. No, I'm, I'm 100 honestly. Like genetically, we're working on that. Like people are dead set serious about this. I'm, I'm not joking at all. And people are, are betraying what we're seeing in the world or what is being hidden around the world by by powers of being as this playing out still today. How do now, you know this stuff? I, how, you, because I go down the rabbit trails. I go down those rabbit trails. Conspiracy Matt, theorists. I do that so you don't have to, buddy. All right. So yeah. there we go. Um, now I'm not. I I. I I would walk alongside these people and take their concerns at face value and be honest with them because I think the trouble is, and if you've got someone in your life like this, I would recommend the same thing of saying, don't, don't, don't do the mat and laugh at their face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and go, hey, what are you talking about? This is because they're they're really trying to work out the thing, the answer that they're tr- the, the the thing that they're trying to work out is I am seeing a glimmer of the heavenly spaces on earth, Mm -hmm. i.e. I think I can feel that there is good versus evil, Mm -hmm. right? I know that to be truth and it's bigger than what I'm seeing on this earth. There's something bigger and I go, amen. Yeah, the problem is you just get so sidetracked trying to work all this stuff out and then you come up with theories and there are, you know, and and it's like are there hybrid people walking around today and, and your whole life gets consumed by these out there, and, and we know that this happens and yes. people form groups around this stuff. This is how conspiracy theories and these way out kind of things happen, uh, you know. But th- there there are realities, um, you know, there are ne- nevertheless realities behind a lot of that that are valid. Mm. Uh, and this, I guess, brings us back and is a good place to finish because it brings us back to where we started. Exactly. Because we really don't know a lot. And it's always the things that we don't know a lot that just invite all of these exactly. crazy conspiracy theories. And it's just, I think, really 
shows us how important it is not to try to work out beyond what we're told. Mm. Like let the grey be grey. Mm. Don't try and make it black and white. If we, if we don't know, we don't know. If we don't know, it's probably not important because the things that we are told are the things that are important. Like yeah. the, we have plenty of information on who God is, who Jesus is, how we need to live, God's purpose and so forth. Yeah. You know, if we stick to that mm-hmm. pathway, yep. then we will be working with God mm-hmm. and with whatever else is happening in the spiritual realm. Yes. So we don't have to work out all of this spiritual realm stuff and be able to name spirits and yes. be able to work out which angels are which and what what yep. my, you know, uh, to get in touch with my angel or yep. all of this sort of stuff. People feel like, you know, people get so drawn into all of that stuff. Yep. And I think it. I think people get into trouble. Um, I, I think it just leads to trouble when we do that because yeah. our focus is meant to be on on God, on Christ, following Jesus. Yeah. And I think when we uh, when we are focused, then we can be aware of this stuff. Now, and I, and I think this is where this stuff is important for me is to recognize, and I would say to all of our listeners to recognize that there is more to the world than what you see. Uh, We live in a culture that is very reductionistic, wants to reduce everything just down to physical processes. Yep, yep. And and it, you know, it discards anything of a spiritual nature. And I think that's very small-minded because there's plenty of reason to believe that there is a spiritual realm, there is a spiritual world. Um, The ancient peoples who believe that are not just primitive, yeah. you know, it's not just all silly superstition, childish sort of stuff. Amen. No, it actually is is a wider worldview than the very narrow scientific materialistic worldview and I mm. think it's much more realistic. Um, so we need to recognise that our lives are part of something really big Yeah. and there is more going on than what the eye can see. And, the, and, the, and what you're saying, Matt, that's exactly... What you need to, if you've got someone in your life, whether they're Christian or pre-Christian, yeah, but they're asking these questions or getting down these yeah. rab- rabbit holes, exactly what you're saying is what you need to affirm with them yeah. and saying you're on the right track. Yeah, there is something bigger. Let me point you to Jesus, yeah, who is right. the one yeah. who's the solution for all this. Which is essentially what all of the early Christian evangelists did in polytheistic society. Mm. Um, they pointed to the fact that Christ is preeminent. Uh, they recognised that there were, you know, this insidious demonic kind of forces behind these religions, which is yep. why they, you know, would risk and, and often give their lives rather than sacrifice to a Roman god. Because mm. you think, oh, why don't they just do It's just harmless. It's just nothing. No, well, they didn't believe it was nothing. Yeah. You know, they actually believed that it was a demonic thing and they weren't going to partake in that. Yeah. It was a matter of am I on this side or am I on that side? Oh. Um, so uh, it's, you know, it, th- there was a, an awareness of that. And yeah. so, you know, I think um, I think it, it matters and um, it's very important that we do what God says, that we walk with God. It's not something to be afraid of. There's a lot of fear around this stuff and in the next episode we'll talk a bit about the demonic side of this. Okay. This is not something to be afraid of. It's yeah. something to be aware of. Yeah. And it's why we need to stick with God in God's path. It's why we need to walk with God because there is so much at stake. Yeah. We are in a spiritual battle. 
book of Revelation shows us that there, that there is a battle raging, but that God is sovereign in all things, which Amen. is why we don't need to be afraid. Yeah. Um, and the, the answer is always to be God-focused, Christ-focused, mm. and, um, and then we will prevail in all things. Let's leave it there, Matt. This is the first time we've done a part two. I'm excited. Part yep. two coming in two weeks' time. So uh, we've got time to study. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and you've got time to ask more questions. If you want to ask more questions, you can head over to thrivetoday.tv. Make sure you check it all out there. All right. Spiritual Beings Part 2 coming in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Thrive Perspectives. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. Okay, so this is Thrive Perspectives Episode 13. We're talk- what do we want to call this? The spiritual realm or what do we want to call it? Um, I've got to come up with a title for the podcast title. Uh, yeah, just call it the spiritual realm. Yeah. Is that copying what – is that what the – No, it's it, his is the unseen. The uns- and what does the Bible Project team call it? There's the spiritual realm. Uh, yeah. Well, you could just call it angels and demons. Uh, but it's more to- than just angels yeah. and demons, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. The spiritual realm is fine. How about the spiritual universe? No, the spiritual dimension. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> or, or just call it spiritual beings. We're going to talk about spiritual beings. I like it. Like, yep, even better. Spiritual beings. Done. That's the title. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Matthew, it is episode 13 of the